Hey, welcome to Educate for Life with Ryan Francis. Let's get right into it. So then as we kind of, we've been talking specifically about approval seeking and we have been transitioning into the idea of developing the thoughts and the attitudes necessary to live in your truth, to believe in yourself, um, to, to understand that you have value of something to share. And I think just to kind of wrap that thought, it seems that the idea is how do you get there? How do you get to the point where you improve your self-talk and your belief is practice. It's just taking the risk and, and interrupting the negative messages as you were talking about, like stripping the tar off of yourself. Yeah. Catching yourself in saying something negative, saying something disempowering and say, hold on, hold on. How true is that? What actions also- can I take? Yes. Also, um, you hooked me up with a therapist, Linda, who I absolutely love. And that is helpful. Therapy is helpful. I like FaceTime therapy much better than in person. And also there are apps. I'm sure most people know about the apps, but one of my favorites is Insight Timer. Um, and you can click on meditation, like guided meditation talks. Um, and you know, you can see the community and who else is listening in with you. Um, but these are some of the things that I'm doing to help in that process. I I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that we still live in an age it's changing, it's changing, but we still live in an age where there are people who think you have to be crazy in order to go to therapy. And, and that's just not, that's just not real. It's just not, I mean, if you are crazy, sure, go to therapy, but, um, you know, that there's, that therapy is really for everyone. Therapy is for anyone who's trying to process experiences from their past. I've, you know, seen therapists and multiple therapists. You know, I, I had a bout of acute depression. I don't like the word bout, but I was in a state of acute depression for a period of time. And the way that I got out of it was therapy and using EMDR, which is a specific therapeutic technique. Um, and I also started taking some self-development classes at the same time. I mean, there's a reason that I became a life coach. Yes, absolutely. I mean, all of my closest friends, uh, they, I mean, I am known for just talking about my issues and I'm sorry to all my girlfriends that have to deal with it, but you know, if I'm depressed, if I need to cry, I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to do it. Because that is the only way to get it off my chest and to feel better. Like, I'm not going to hold everything in and walk around like I'm alone right. in the darkness. <laughs> I'm, and it's like, yes, I feel like that all the time. Yes, I feel alone. Yes, I feel like I'm in a freaking orb of darkness. It's LA, for Christ's sake. Like, it's the music industry, it's dark. But the second I talk about it, I feel so much better. And I realize I'm not the only human dealing with these feelings. So that's my other main word of advice is you are not alone at all. Yes. And I, and, and what I appreciate about that, cause we were, you and I were chatting about this last week. Um, this idea of, how, how do you get through some of the tough times? And one of the ways is to remember you're not the only one going through 
tough times. So it's like to learn to stand on your own two feet is partly to remember that you're not so okay. There's two types of not alone in the struggle, right? There's one recognizing that it's, I think you said earlier in this conversation, you know, you're looking at, at some Instagram person, you have to remember they have their struggles too. Yes. Right. So that's number one. But number two is also finding some type of community. That's another way of not being alone, whether it's a community of people who are um, in the same situation you are. Like, for example, me finding this group of course creators, online course creators and and, and working in that space, which has been incredibly supportive and wonderful. Um, Or it means finding like minded people who have nothing to do with your industry, who can just support you through the experiences you're having in that industry. Yes, absolutely. That's always been helpful for me. So in in that sense, because we were talking about your mom not approving of you becoming a singer. Um, She wanted you to be a dancer, of course. Um, How do you, and this is the universal you, how does someone believe in themselves when their family does not approve of or understand their choices? Well, okay. Lately, I've been watching Hey Queen on Netflix. Mm. And it's like the top drag queens of America, right? And so many of them talk about how when they came out to their family, their family disowned them. I think about that and I'm just like, what would I have done if I was 16 years old and everyone just said, fuck you, you're an alien to us, leave the house, you know? Most of us, by the time we're 18, we're like, no, fuck you. I'm leaving. (laughs) Goodbye. Which is exactly what I did. You know, I was a rebellious teenager. I was discovered by a music manager. Right after high school, I went to Nashville. And I was like, I mean, yes, my mother always told me, you do not have the voice to be a singer. You're an idiot for giving up your dance training. You are the most beautiful dancer I've ever seen. And you're a fool to give that up. (laughs) And I'm like, but look at Britney Spears, mom. She's doing both. And I know I can sing better than her. So So I knew I was going to convince my mom. Like I just internally knew. Mm -hmm. So I went to Nashville and I recorded five songs with Sam Mizell, who was like an American Idol producer at the time. And she ends up using one of the songs for West Coast Dance Explosion. And I remember John Crutchman and um, Alan Sherfield mm. going, oh my God, is this you? <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> so I don't know. I think some of us are just like, even though nobody thinks we can do it, we're going to do it anyways. And it's just this internal fire that you have. I think so many people go through it. I mean, and then you look at certain cultures, you know, like Mm -hmm. are, if, if you're from India, are you required to be an engineer? I don't know, but it seems like a pretty common theme. Mm -hmm. What? For my friend, it was medical school. Exactly. She was encouraged to go into medical school. Right. That we still have that, you know, old school mentality. Like my parents told me I have to do this, so I'm going to do it, you know? And it's like, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be an engineer. If you want to be a painter, go be a painter. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so it's interesting because as you're talking, I'm thinking about um, how fortunate I am to have a family that supports me. And in those moments when my family didn't support me, an interesting feature of my particular family is that um, we are very close and yet not deeply connected, certainly not as connected as my parents would like us to be. I'm sure my parents would love us to be over all the time and see spending <laughs> all the time. But we were raised to be incredibly, my, my younger brother and I were raised to be incredibly independent, autonomous human beings. And so what that means is when I've gotten pushback from my family, I was super confident basically just saying, no, fuck you. <laughs> you either you support me or, or you don't, but I'm going to do this. So you may as well get on board. Um, but, but I had that advantage because that's how they raised me. And so when I didn't feel close to my family, when I didn't feel supported by my family, I made a new family. Now, of course, their family was all equally dysfunctional, late teenage, early 20 year olds. I mean, my college experience was basically a bunch of, you know, mildly functional people all banding together because of the, their dysfunction matched, right? But <laughs> so there was so much learning that I had in college because of that experience. Um, but so when people come to me and they're struggling with their family, to me, that's that, that first question is, right, I understand that evolutionarily, biologically, we are programmed to seek approval for our, from our family because approval of our family means life. It means survival. And if you're not approved of by your family, that means banishment and death. But this is just the biology. This is just reality. So that is why we seek extended communities. Usually, you know, there's concentric circles out from our family. And then people find different circles, right? So it might be work. And then they're able to find a concentric circle that builds out from work or, um, a friend group that they met through an interest, you know, whether it's a dance or capoeira or boxing or whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. And it's another circle that you can find. So it's so valuable, I think, to find circles that can support you when another one of those circles is not supporting you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so true. I, I get depressed when I'm not around artistic people that love rhinestones and feathers. Like (laughs) I need to be around people that love to wear like stilettos and like crazy outfits. Every once in a while, I just need that or like stand up comedy. Like, you know, it's all of those things are so helpful because it's not a black and white world, especially for, for, you know, creatives. We, um, yearn for, you know, color and creativity and out loud living. Yeah. Um, so go, go get it, go seek it out and find it. Um, I mean, I was just going through this this past week because we have so many events that we have to go to all the time and you go to these events and everyone's just like, so well put together and kind of quiet and like respectful and reserved. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm so bored. Like, can someone get on stage and like, you know, do a dance routine, please? Like, I'm so bored right now, you know, and I start losing my mind because people don't, they are not themselves most of the time, you know, they're very held back. They don't want to offend anybody. So it's so refreshing when you're around, you know, crazy people that don't give a fuck. (laughs) 
Well, it's so funny because my, my coach brain kicked in when you say you have to go to all these events, right? So my brain goes, ah, word check, have to or choose to. You choose right. to go to all these events. And for some people, they get to. It's a privilege. They're so excited to get to go to these events. And then there are other people, just as you mentioned, who are in that have to mentality who are not authentically themselves. They're just you zombies. Let's, let's just take two minutes to talk about that really quick. Cool. Because before I came to LA, I was like, oh my God, it's a red carpet. Ah! <laughs> like, and if I saw a celebrity, I mean, still, when I see a celebrity, I freak out. I do. Well, depending on who it is. Right. But um, a red carpet just seemed so exciting to me mm. before I started doing it all the time. Right. And then you realize, oh my God, this really is work. It is a job, yeah. you know, especially when you have to find parking and you're wearing high heels and you're exhausted. And if your hair and makeup isn't legit, you're on Getty Images for the rest of your life looking like a homeless person. Like mm. you, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. So you, you, you start to realize, oh my God, it's the same thing every time, you know? But you have to be grateful because it is a privilege, yeah. you know, to to be around certain circles and to listen to actors speak or to see a movie premiere. Um, it is a privilege and you have to take a step back and, you know, um, is like you were saying, if it's worth it, then go and have a healthy mindset when you're there. And... And we've all seen these movies where like, they'll have like the star, like sitting in the dressing room going, get me all green M&Ms, you know, (laughs) get this Diet Coke with a twist of lime and a splash of this and a splash of that. And like yelling at their assistants or whatever. I mean, these people at that level, they are literally losing their fucking minds. Mm. They're losing their minds. Why? Because they have no personal time. There's a camera in their face 24 hours a day. Everyone wants a piece of them. So then they start acting like a diva or an asshole and get a bad reputation for, you know, acting that way. So it's like, how do you, how do you remain calm? How do you find balance? Mm -hmm. How do you, you know, have some internal peace And it's not just an entertainment. It's like, if you are, you know, in a high stress situation, any high stress situation, I mean, look at all the moms out there who have four kids and they have to go to soccer games, baseball games, you know, they have to cook dinner. They have to deal with their asshole husband. Not that they're all assholes, but (laughs) this is a good thing. Come on, don't lump us all together. (laughs) Right. You know, anyone with a high stress job, it's how do you find that balance? How do you find that internal peace? So I definitely, um, I am thankful and grateful, but I'm still struggling with finding a way to remain calm, (laughs) you know, being around these types of people all the time. It can, it can make your skin itch a little bit. 
when you tell when you tell me stories, like every once in a while when you're back from an event, because it's, it's not like we talk every day or anything, but when we do get a chance to talk and you're like, oh yeah, I just had this experience, my skin crawls. And I'm just yeah. listening to you tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a lot, you know? It's like, I wish I could, I wish Joan Rivers was like on my arm with a microphone and like, I just want to sit at these events and just like... <laughs> publicly call people out with Joan Rivers. (laughs) You know, it's. That would be, I'd watch that without Joan Rivers. I'd watch you do that. (laughs) Find find, find another person to be your, your wing, your wingman, your wing person. Chelsea Handler. Sure. Well, you don't even need Chelsea Handler. You don't need anyone famous. You just need someone you can bounce, you know, stuff off of. Like uh, I, I don't need anyone to be more important than you. You can be the most important person there. That's fine. Yes. Like the witty banter helps me release that negative energy. You know, I mean, these situations can get super ridiculous. Well, it's interesting because as we're talking now, um, when we were going back and forth about what we wanted to talk about today, one of the things we wanted to talk about was combating isolation. You know, this idea of, of, and, and, and also, finding motivation. And what I think we're kind of talking about in this moment is how sometimes finding motivation and combating isolation are actually the same thing. That, it, that yeah. it's about having people around who you are confident with, you do feel you're able to be vulnerable with, who you can share the struggle with, who you can share the humor with, right? So that there's there's more going on than just I go hang out with a bunch of fake people or I go hang out with like me going to networking events. When I walk into a networking event, I would just as soon like go to the snack table and just stand there because I'm looking around and going, uh, how much of this is my own lack of self-confidence, which I know part of it is that uh, in these types of environments, right? Because you know me, I'll talk to anyone. So just talking to someone's not the problem, right? right? But like trying to strike the perfect conversation about my business, right? Or looking at all the people who their job clearly when they go to these events is just to shake every single person's hand, put a card in their hand and give their sales pitch, which good for them. Jesus fuck. Because I, I think that's a crazy <laughs> talent, a crazy talent, and a talent of hard work to be able to do that. Um, so if I only ever went to networking events and I never made an authentic connection with anyone at a networking event, which by the way, is not my experience because again, you know me, once I've talked to three people, the fourth person is the person I spend the next hour with and we talk about life, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so but the, anyway, just so, so thinking about anyone who is trying to do something challenging, especially something outside of the mainstream, whether it's entertainment industry, entrepreneurship, whatever else, it is so critical to find your people yes, so that you don't feel alone in your struggle because you can, one, recognize everyone has a struggle, even if you're not talking about their struggle. But that's really hard. It's really hard to understand and accept that. But when you're in a group of people having the same type of struggle, then you can kiki, as it were. I've been watching way too much RuPaul's Drag Race, sorry. You can, you know, you can kiki about... uh the shit that you're dealing with. And then you're like, oh my God, everyone really does struggle. Or it's like, what I love watching uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is a very um, divisive figure um, because he is so full frontal. And he seems like he's this angry dude, but at the same time, he's constantly about happiness and hustle and, and enjoying your life. And he talks regularly about 
this exact type of idea. It's like, you think that it wasn't a struggle to get here? No, I'm busting my ass. Like he does live business calls on it. He just puts Instagram live on while he's in the middle of a business meeting and just just warns the person that, you know, they're going to be on Instagram. And then everyone gets uh, this picture of like the behind the scenes, like, dude, this guy's busting his ass all the time. This isn't just, (laughs) oh yeah, I've made, you know, a multimillionaire and I'll just like sit back and use my popularity. No. He starts new businesses. He connects with random musical artists. Like he has a couple of rappers that he spends time with now and, and he's helping them in their careers and shit like that. Like he believes in people. He connects to people and he is a hard fucking worker. And it, so watching him every once in a while is really inspiring for me. You know, not that I feel connected to him personally, but I love seeing the struggle. I think it's really valuable for people. Yes, it's so refreshing to see. I mean, look, why do you think reality TV became such a popular thing? Because people ju- people want to see like the Jerry Springer of it all, you know? Well, I can't watch those shows, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like middle America is really who dictates what's popular, unfortunately, mm. <laughs> for ratings. But it's like people love to see the realness of other people's lives, other people's struggles, like the drama, because then they feel like, oh, okay, well, my life isn't that bad now that I'm seeing theirs, which like shouldn't be the message necessarily, but it would be nice to put on a Facebook live or an Instagram live, you know, during a meeting or a recording session, or, you know, what about an artist with their manager in an argument? And like really knowing the real shit, like what's really going down behind the scenes. Yep. It is interesting to watch and to realize that a lot of us are dealing with the same issues. It's just people want to sweep it under the carpet and pretend like they're not dealing with it. Exactly. And this is, again, part of the legacy of um, like family secrets. This is part of the legacy of you need to keep up appearances for the neighbors. This is, this is, this is that legacy. And so we are in this really fascinating transition where because we were so suppressed or repressed rather as a culture and everything was supposed to look perfect, then we had more TV shows that were showing family struggles. And then, then we transitioned the full, like, woo, swung over to reality TV and watching everything fall apart and enjoying that. But still, as an individual, you're meant to not be a mess. As an individual in your life, you're still meant to have your shit together. So I love that more and more people, this is a benefit of social media, when it's not... uh, Someone had a great word for this. Curated stress curated depression, curated sadness, where wow. people are where people are essentially showing up on social media in order to show their sadness. So it's like they're consciously being like, okay, so I'm going to connect to people by falling apart. And it's, it's, it is calculated, right? So yeah. we're in this weird space where because we value authenticity, now people are trying to manufacture authenticity. It's so true. It is. But... So- Here's all I have to say about that. It's your life. And if you're not living authentically, it's going to affect you. Right. So, I mean, that's up to them. If they want to plan out when they're going to cry on camera, then that's all you, dog. (laughs) As long as you're getting paid. No, I'm kidding. No, I mean, I know for me, like for all of you guys who are watching and thank you so much for joining. um, I truly deal with depression all the time and it's super heavy and it's this dark black cloud above my head and I'm constantly dealing with it. 
and insecurity and all of that. That is so, that is a real problem in my life, you know, and I would just, I would really like to drive that home during this conversation because we, we all deal with it and it is a real problem, you know, for me. So I just would like to say that again. And yeah. thank you for my friends that have been there for me throughout the years because I wouldn't have been able to, to get through and still get through without them, without talking about it, really talking about it, talking it out. Why? What's the root of the problem? How do you feel about it? How does that make you feel? You know, and then how do you deal with those feelings on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why things like therapy and coaching and a strong uh, friend group is so important. Yes. To support Absolutely. you through those emotional experiences. Next time on Educate for Life with Ryan Francis. Well, I think, again, this seems like a natural transition talking about being seen. Um, you know, we've talked about approval seeking behaviors. We've talked about standing on your own two feet. Now we're really talking about putting ourselves out there, right? Being seen by, by whether it's um, people in our lives, people we're close to for those who maybe aren't living a very public life, um, but also for those trying to live a public life. Again, whether it's as a performer, as an entrepreneur, how do you find the strength? I've I phrased it in your context, you know, how do you find the strength to keep creating, to keep engaging in your artistry? Hey again, thanks for listening. If you want more goodness, come hang out with me on Instagram at educate for underscore life. That's educate, the number four, underscore life. I jump on almost every day and go live once per week to answer questions and just talk about what's on my mind. We've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe, so expect some announcements in the near future. And with that, I hope you have a great week. Talk with you soon.